What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, how'd you do? I'm not broken, I'm just split in two. Hope you're fine, ain't got time to do everything you said you would. Frames of the past and the memory of you just come running by. Pictures of sunny days with your smile in the Hello and welcome to Investigate Earth Podcast. <laughs> I'm Chad, J- a.k.a. Joe Biden. I'm just kidding. Um, hey guys, I'm here. Uh, I'm Chad and this is Sherry and she's beautiful and she's my wife. Oh, that's so sweet, babe. Hey guys, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. We're so glad you're here. Glad you're here. Yep. And it's going to be fantastic because it's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're just doing a, kind of a hangout thing. We're going to obviously talk about current events and topics. Uh, the reason we're doing this, by the way, is because number one, you guys and girls have written in a lot of times on this, right? You've said... Uh, based on our 300th episode, right, in particular, a lot of people wrote in and said, I actually kind of like when you guys just talk about whatever, whatever comes to your mind. It's not necessarily one subject that you got to follow. Um, so that's what we're going to try to do tonight, today, whenever you're listening. Um, obviously, we're probably going to be talking about some of the current events. Uh, we're going to kind of give you updates on a lot of the things we've talked about and um, and just hang out, man. We're here to hang out. So for those of you that are going to work or coming home from work or listening to work, Number one, if you're listening to work, you should do your damn job. You better get off here and quit listening. I'm just no, kidding. listen no, and do your job. Absolutely listen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't get off. Please don't get off. And uh, number two, if you're going to work, uh, just make sure it's going to be a great day, man. Uh, be positive. Uh, know that you're just trying to do, to do better for yourself and your family. If you're coming home from work, go relax, man. Go chill. Go hang out. Go be with your family. Um, maybe tell someone you love uh, more than you usually do. Say something good about somebody. Do something for the people that care about you. You should, you should do the extra strides. Don't ever get into a habitual thing to where you, right. don't, you don't say I love you. You don't kiss your wife. You don't do this. You don't do all those things. I think those are very important things because one day, if the time comes that you don't have that person, which is about 50-50, by the way, because no one dies typically together, um, you want to be sure that that person always knows and you're on the best standings you possibly can be with that person. So that's my advice to you going home. And I have to say that you do a, a really good job with that because usually we text in the morning, hey, babe, good morning, I love you, have a fantastic day. That's usually what our texts are, but sometimes Chad will be like, babe, I miss I miss you so much and I love you more than anything in the world or whatever. Yeah, how like, the texts have changed over 12 <laughs> years, though. Isn't that funny? Because, I mean, I remember, and we're just going to be real with you guys yeah, for a second. Yeah, you're a biatch. No, no. But like the first, the first like four or five, six years, um, you know, we were not getting along. We've said this on other podcast episodes, and so uh, we used to be in 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 times that we would text fight, which was the oh, mo- the God, biggest was waste awful. of time. Yes, it was awful, and I ended up wasting all the time at work, and I was supposed to be doing one thing, 
but I was text fighting Chad. <laughs> Which is ridiculous, right? I mean, it sounds ridiculous if you look back on it, because it really is. But I think what it really taught us, and I think this is not in everybody's particular case, right? I mean, I have, before I met Sherry, you know, I had been in quite a few relationships. I mean, the longest relationship I had before Sherry was three years, right? And then outside of that, it was like, I don't know, six months, a year maybe, here and there, very, very seldomly. Usually it was like, I would I would be with someone, uh, and then I'd, I would find I, I would something would just drive me crazy or whatever, and I just be like I can't do it, move on. So that was kind of always my thing. And then Sherry and I met, and we're like firing gasoline, which is really good if you can make it work, but it's also really bad if you don't understand, you don't know how to interact with each other, you guys don't know how to. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's so weird how it all worked out. And so we fought that for so long until, you know, those texts in the morning to where we were fighting from the previous fight the night before or the argument or whatever the case Mm -hmm. is that eventually turned into, um, love, all love. Right. I mean, I mean, we, obviously we still have problems. I mean, there, there's no one that doesn't have issues. Right. And sometimes Chad is still a dick. So just putting it out there. (laughs) Okay, and you're perfect, by the way. That's what she's basically saying, uh, which is not true. Um, but anyways, yeah, we 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 get past that though. So now we can like, you know, we can we can be different and we can have disagreements and we can have all those things, but it doesn't last. It does. It's not something that. Right. And and typically, like if if I if I am an asshole, right, or I or I do something or say something, and and I have those moments, like last night, actually, we yeah. we were talking about this last night. Um, there was something that I I was just aggravated yesterday on a lot of different things. And, 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 and so we kind of got in this little argument and, but it doesn't take me long to realize that like I messed up. Right. So if I mess up, I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. And I'm, and this is why I'm sorry. And this is why I'm this, how I'm going to do better. And so I've just, I I think, I think the biggest problem in relationships is you have to swallow your pride. Mm -hmm. You have to get over the fact that you have to be right. Because if you're, if you're someone that has to be right on everything, you're never going to be right on anything, especially in a relationship. And uh, and I think I do that probably better than Sherry does. But I think Sherry, I think Sherry does it. I think you do a good job too. Now that if you're in the wrong or you say something wrong, that you'll also do the same thing. Oh so, yeah, I I'm first one to apologize if I did something I'm wrong. The same way, especially the next day. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I was doing that. I'm you know, yeah. I didn't mean to hurt you. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's just, I don't even know how, how we got into that. But like I said, this is a completely different podcast than you're ever going to hear. Um, but and we yeah, are going to so talk if, about current events. Well, yeah. And just real quick, if you're in a relationship that's really difficult and hard, don't give up on the person because... Not necessarily. Yeah. You might need to give up on them. But sometimes I thought I definitely needed to give up on Chad. Like, this was not healthy. It was bad, bad, bad. But now... I mean, it wasn't that bad. I mean, damn, you're 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 making it out like <laughs> we just didn't get along. Yeah, I mean, we you didn't know, get it along. was it was it was weird because we were you know we were always at like a um an an axis of evil. <laughs> that sounds bad too, but anyways, that's just kind of where we came from. Yeah, and now we're you know, I think that I'm in a very loving relationship. Yeah, I enjoy my relationship with you. I cannot imagine my life without Chad. I would probably die if I didn't have Chad right next to me. I'm not yeah, kidding. I, would, I would too. I agree. I agree, and I think everybody knows that. And um, and by the way, uh, you, you guys that are throwing up right now, we're sorry. 
Okay, especially dudes. I'm sure you dudes are like, <laughs> yeah, this is why there's 70% of your listeners are girls, by the way. And you just lost another dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, don't just don't give up on us yet. Okay. Um, so anyway, so that's just kind of a little backstory of kind of, I guess, where we came from. And it means a lot to us because, you know, we came from entertainment really in the beginning of our relationship. Mm -hmm. I was a singer. Sherry was my manager. Um, you know, I was, I guess, essentially the one in the spotlight or that was supposed to be in the spotlight. Sherry was not really supposed to be in the spotlight because, you know, back in 12 years ago when someone's a singer and, you're you're pushing this kind of thing, you know. Your your forefront is not that you have a relationship or you are married or whatever the case is, and so that that caused a lot of stuff. And then also just the burden of trying to make it in the music industry was extremely difficult. All of those things just completely compiled on everything, and it just it made for a disaster in a lot of ways. But through the miracle it was that we got through all that, um, I think that's why we're almost indestructible now. Mm -hmm. And, and so I don't know what the lesson to that is. I really don't know what the lesson that is. Um, but I think, you know, I think eventually, I, I think there will be times that either person can give up on the other one. But I think, you know, I think someone can say, well, if this person's maybe given up on me, you got to reflect based on what you have done or said or whatever am I part of the cause of why maybe they're giving up? And if you, if you get on that and you think that maybe you are, then that's your, that, that's your choice to say, well, I'm going to fight for this mm -hmm. or you're not. Right. And then if you fight for that, right. And then that person does something that pisses you off or hates you or, or does something to you and then you're going to give up, but they don't fight for you. Then that's when you should know that like, they're not right because you know, you, you have to have, there, there's, there's never going to be a situation where one person fights. Right. And the, I think it, at, Many levels, everybody fights for each other. Um, they, you have to. Um, but most relationships are so prideful. They don't care about each other. They only care mostly about their feelings, what makes them happy. You know, is it is it something that, that benefits me in this relationship? And it's always me, me, me. But the reality is relationships should always be about them, them, them. And if you serve that person as far as your significant other, then if that person does it, serve you back right then that's the problem and 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 but but you got to take the attention off of you you have to put it on them and you got to serve them and then you and then you look and see what they do in return if they do nothing in return then you have a hundred and zero relationship which is you're given a hundred and they're given zero so you got to have 50 50 but someone uh, no, has you to, can't do 50 50 it's got to be a hundred yeah you're right but someone has to start that right and, right. and then you have to see like okay what am i getting back or are they do they care enough about me to do the same things? Um, so, anyways, but in a normal day, I don't think it's a hundred hundred. I think it's like eighty eighty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're for right. For most couples, yeah, for sure. I don't think everyone's always putting out like all the effort that they could put out in a relationship because you get in your day to day lives and you know you're tired, you're exhausted, you're stressed out from your job, blah blah blah. So you're not giving all of yourself you know, towards your spouse or your significant mm -hmm. other one yeah, as much as you should. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. Um, so anyway, so that's a little bit of backstory. I don't think we've really ever talked that deep as far as our relationship goes on this podcast, but I think it's important. Uh, you guys, there's, we've had so many people reach out and say, we just want to hang out with you guys. We want to hear more about you and, and all that stuff. So that's what we're, that's what we're doing. We're also going to obviously talk about current events. Um, 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's just so much going on today in this world. There's so many things that there, I guess maybe the reason why I brought our beginning of our relationship into play or just or not even into play, but just uh, the topic of conversation is because we've came a long ways as far as our journey, not just in our relationship and our marriage, but we've come a long ways in professional, the professional realm, like what we do. You know, there were times we were broke as hell all the time and we've, we've just worked our way out of so much stuff. And so when I all when I ever see people that just give up so easily on everything, don't like you, the people that don't make it are the people that give up. And and there's that meme that always shows mm-hmm. that digger that's mm-hmm. digging the cave, and it shows the other side of cave, that and they I, give up right at the very right. end. Yeah, and he's like almost to the end of the wall, and he gives up. Yeah, because he doesn't know how much further he has to go, but he gives up too soon. And I always say, I think if you're passionate enough about something, right, you have to make sure that whatever you're passionate in, you go all in and you keep doing that. Don't do it for money. Don't do it for anything else besides the fact that it makes you happy. It's something you're called to do, whatever whatever that is. You hear preachers, right? They say, I was called to this, right? Mm-hmm. And they probably were, right? right. Um, but there are, there are people that are called to so many different things. I mean, there are people that are called to be hunters and they end up being a professional hunter and they're on TV shows and... And all this stuff. And that's their passion. That's all they want to do. Some of those people don't make it. Some of them do. But it depends on kind of your mindset and how you approach it and, and all that. But the number one thing is you have to figure out what it is that makes you passionate. Figure out what it is that you wake up for every day. And if you can start doing that, then you're not going to have a problem. Because in marketing, the number one the number one denominator of success is consistency. So how are you going to get consistency? Well, you're not going to get consistency because of something that you wake up doing to hopefully make you money that you actually don't even like doing because the consistency is not going to be there. Right. For example, my everyday job, I go in Monday and I'm looking forward to Friday. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is not a successful job. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got to have something that you're passionate about and you love. And, you know, there's a lot of us are stuck in jobs that we really don't like but we're stuck there and we have to do it. You know, like for me, example, I'm really stuck because of insurance and, you know, retirement and all that stuff. I'm, I've already vince, uh, vested vested so many years into this that I can't give it up now. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree with that. Um, and I do want to, I want to, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners because he's been with us for quite a while and his name's Alan. 
And I want to point out this, and this kind of brings me back to passion. And it's something when I see Alan's videos on Instagram specifically, he has a company called Papa Bear Knives. And, um, you know, I want to, I want to shout him out because, and I hope I'm saying that right. Cause I'm pretty sure it's Papa Bear Knives. You guys should go follow him. He's been a listener of us so long. He, he comments, he, he, he always is giving feedback and contributing to our community but uh, Alan, every time I see him on his videos where he does stuff with his knives, which, by the way, his knives are freaking insane. Is this that guy that, like, carves them and stuff? Well, I mean, I don't – you don't carve knives necessarily. Oh. I mean, you, you blacksmith, I guess, or I don't know how they do that. I'm, I'm not a knife person, but he does, you know, some of his handles are, in, like, amazing. Yeah, they I mean, have, they like have all this cool USA stuff. stuff yeah, and, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and he has that, and then he, even the blades have, like, crazy-looking designs in them. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome. So I do, uh, I do encourage you guys to go check out Alan. But the reason I said that is Papa Bear Knives on Instagram. The reason I say this is because every time I see um, Alan's videos, is I see passion. Right, this is mm-hmm. what he loves to do, mm-hmm. and he's really good at it. And you can tell it's passion because it's good, and his product's good. And in, and at the very least, he does it every day, and he loves doing it. So I encourage all of you, and by the way, this is not at all sponsored by Alan. I, he has no idea I'm saying this, <laughs> but I do encourage people to go check out Papa Bear Knives. I think they're, um, I think he is one of our, you know, loyal listeners and just want to shout him out. Alan, we appreciate you. We had a conversation the other day about land, actually. We were talking about buying land and, you know, whether whether you go beach or land. Next thing we're going to talk about before we get to the current events is, we are on the move, guys. Well, we're trying to be. We're, we're trying to figure out where it is we're moving, right? And although we're not necessarily going to tell you exactly where we want to move, but Sherry has this thing in her mind. She wants to go to the beach, right? And there are a lot of or situations. Or a lake. I want to be able to. Sorry, Chad. I interrupted. Yeah. Darn. I'm sorry. It's all good. But I just want to go somewhere where you can, like, go outside and have a cup of coffee in the morning and you can see, like, beautiful scenery. That's all I want. I get that. Um, and she wants the beach. And by the way, I've always loved the beach. I lived at the beach for seven, eight years. I, I absolutely, I mean, that's, that's, if I envision my like retirement place in a perfect world or a average world, not even a perfect world, I don't need a perfect world. I just need a world that I'm not worried about world war three or a nuclear fallout type of situation or Mm -hmm. Hamas in our country that is overwhelming our country. That's probably most people don't understand. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yes, without all that, I would love to be on the beach and just live life just happily go lucky. But what happens in the event that you have this nice beach house or a nice house on on the ocean, whether it's right on the beach or you're on an inland or whatever, and you have this and you're like, oh, I, I love this. And then nuclear winter happens, nuclear disaster, or there's an invasion of Hamas or Hezbollah terrorists that are basically taking over places. They're going, I mean, and, and this is, what I think is coming potentially, you know, I talked to someone earlier, won't even say who it is, but we were having a little bit of that conversation about, you know, when is the next thing, right? Black Lives Matter obviously was previous. We've been, we've been talking about like, when is the next big movement? But what we're potentially going to see is not just a Black Lives Matter domestic movement. This is not just a Antifa movement to where they make all these waves in our cities and burn down certain businesses. This is much greater than that, that we are really potentially facing. Um, 
so, you know, in, in all those situations, yes, I would love to have a beach house. I would love to be able to, to go to a boat and get on the little backwaters, go fishing for flounder. And, and listen, there's something to be said about that. You, know, you, you, you have fish abundant survival, um, survival. Absolutely. Um, so I do think about that. That's really one of the only reasons I'm just like, okay, that's a possibility. Um, and especially if you're on like an Island that is, you know, pretty far out there, you're not like in a big city, you're pretty far away from any big city. Mm-hmm. There are possibilities there. I'm not saying that Sherry's wrong and they're thinking, but I guess a lot of me is just thinking like, we need tons of land. Um, we can have a lake of our own. Like you just got to find land with a lake and a river. I, I would prefer a river and a lake. And I'll be honest. I want a freaking underground house. <laughs> like, I mean, Sherry looks at me when I say this and she's like, Oh, okay. Okay. But I'm, 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 I'm just being realistic. I know you're being realistic and we've talked about it even in the house we're living in. Like, how could we build an underground bunker? But you could, and like we you do, do like where we are living now, we don't have much of a yard, mm-hmm. but the way the yard is, it, it, inclines really big and there's a there's a um there's a retaining wall right behind it you could definitely dig under that and obviously have a a secret underground city (laughs) yeah you can obviously like to me i told chad if we're gonna do that we could dig underground everywhere and go all the way to the elementary school if we had to (laughs) why would you go to elementary school well i'm just saying you could dig tunnels anywhere why would you go to elementary school well, I think that there would be amenities there that you might need if okay. you needed like them. Like a shelter or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to go you know, to the ABC store, girl. Most, I'm just kidding. Most elementary schools are built of Fortified. Break, or, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. But let me know, guys. Um, reach out to us on our Facebook uh, and, and let us know. What what would you do, right? If if you could, if you had either choice, would you go to an island off a coast somewhere that is pretty secluded? I'm not, you know, it's obviously not like... Uh, I don't know. It's not like near Miami or something like this. this is a pretty secluded island. Um, obviously, you have a lot of houses there, but, you know, you do have you're probably not going to find a lot of land there, but you do have the benefit of the ocean. Right. And the ocean can sustain and survive you for a very long time. That is granted that if you can actually go outdoors and not be subjected to, um, you know, to nuclear fallout or radiation, because there's there's a whole thing with that. And. So then if you start thinking, well, I will just build an underground shelter at the ocean. No, you're not, because every land near the ocean is sand. And you know how hard, I mean, yes, I guess you could stack a freaking container ship thing underneath the the ground. But even Mm -hmm. that is going to be extremely hard to do, because once you're digging, it's just going to keep. Yeah, it's going to, and water is going to It's going to keep collapsing and keep collapsing. It's literally one of the worst scenarios in most cases, if you ever get in a war type situation. You don't want to be near the beach. Even though, like I said, yes, for uh, for fishing, yes, but you can have fish on your own property with a lake and a river. Um, so the only thing you're giving up is the view. But would you rather have a view or would you rather die five years earlier? Okay. Well, would you rather live oh, no, and have a, <laughs> a beautiful view or would you rather survive and be miserable in you're a bunker be miserable, for five though. years? We're not saying we're going to live in a bunker for five years. You don't have to be miserable, and you don't even really have to be that far outside of city limits. We're not going to live in a bunker. Well, if there was a nuclear war, for example, and you had a nuclear winter, 
you can't come out of there for a long, long time. Yeah. So would you rather be in a house above ground on the ocean, viewing your ocean while you're getting radiation damage and getting destroyed yeah, by cancer? You know, especially. And you're going to be dead in three months. Yeah. Two months. Possibly. Probably. Because... Probably earlier now. And you're going to. By the way, you're going to die a gruesome death. Or would you rather be underground in your badass house, and you're like, oh, this is cool. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now you tell me, what would you rather do? I guess you'd rather watch the ocean as you're dying of horrific cancers as it's eating your body away um, that last couple months. Oh, my God, Chad. But at least you have a view. If That's you a good had thing. a nuclear and war. And maybe maybe and you'll it, have enough energy to go fishing. No, if you had a nuclear war and you didn't have a <laughs> bunker, you're immediately going to disintegrate. You're no, not you're gonna not. No, that's not true. Die a Sherry, deadly that is not death. True. Unless you're like within a very close radius to the nuclear blast, you're not going to disintegrate. Um, but you're going to get heavy radiation damage, which is probably worse. Like you should probably just hope that you do disintegrate, because if you are anywhere in that blast area to where you get extreme radiation damage, or even easterly, like if you're an easterly flow of that radiation, right? So that could be anywhere. I mean, that could be Oklahoma City and Trust me, these countries understand this. They mm-hmm. know that, like, hey, if we if we do a blast, say, somewhere like over Missouri, then we're going to affect all of the East Coast of the United States, especially wherever the jet stream goes. And there's going to be long-term damage, you know, in that particular area. Now, if they, if they hit New York, yes, they could kill almost everybody in New York City with a nuclear blast. But the in, in that area. flow is going to go up. But the up. flow is going up. And it's, yeah, you know, to and, Canada and all those places. But if they did something like middle of the country or southwest. Well, like Colorado is a huge target for nuclear war. Well, because That's there's a lot of, of nuclear first. silos there. Mm-hmm. So they want to disrupt the nuclear capabilities. They want to, they, especially Colorado and, and areas like that will be a major target for EMPs, uh, where it's specific for, instead of just a nuclear blast, it is an electromagnetic pulse weapon um, to where it tries to disrupt the nuclear capabilities of our own uh, military, right? So um, so there's so much to say. I mean, there, there's so many things. But anyways, that's something we talk about all the time, guys, just so you know. We talk about this stuff all the time and partially is why we have not figured out somewhere else to go, which is sad. <laughs> um, we're going to be still arguing this over like nuclear wars. We're like, but maybe we should just buy. Is Zillow still up? <laughs> That's what Sherry's going to be saying. No, Zillow's gone because it got blasted. Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. Zillow's gone. Uh, but anyway, so is that something? And, and tell us. Reach out to us on Facebook. We said this the other day. We, we have a lot of engagement on, on our Facebook right now, which is weird. 
Um, and we do have an X account, so go follow us there, Investigators Podcast. Go follow us on Facebook. We do have an Instagram, and we do have a TikTok. And I do have my own personal um, Twitter account as well now, um, which I can't remember what, what the – I think it's C-Free-I-N-V-E-R-T-H, I think is my username. You can go follow me there. So let's get to some of the latest stories, right? The ADL's war on whites blows up in their face. <laughs> Um, and you know why? It's because the Islamic monster is off the leash, according to Alex Jones. Now, I wanted to, I did actually, I, I listened to a couple minutes of the intro of this, of this episode, and I wanted to play it for you guys because I think this is, will be a, I think it'll be a pretty good uh, topic to talk about based on what Alex says here. And we might play, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and we'll kind of interject in there, but. I think this is something that is is important to talk about, right? The United States government and all of the woke ideological um, people inside of our government, they have constantly been on this war with whites, right? And, and it's true. I mean, it is, it's a race war, but who is the one that is raging the war? It is the government. It is our own government inside of the United States. And this is not just happening in the United States. It's happening Everywhere. It's happening in Canada, Australia, uh, UK, wherever. And when I say that this is happening, that doesn't make me racist by saying it's happening. I think there's probably a lot of black people out there that probably agrees that this is happening. Um, I talk to quite a few of them quite often that knows this is happening. And so, um, but I think their problem is that this is blowing up in their face. Oh my God, the white war is not working. Like we, we can't actually kill off all the white people. Well, how do we need to do this then? Well, we got to somehow compile Christians, Israelites, or Jews. Israelians, or Jews with white people. Perfect. Yeah. And, and then, All of and then, them. Yeah. That's who we got to kill. Yeah. So how, what is the best way without us just demolishing a certain portion of people, right, which would be white people, white Christians, not even just white people, by the way, because I think... In turn, at in the end of this, they're just going to hate you regardless of your color. Because if you're Christian, then they're going to just you know they're going to hate you. And by the way, they shouldn't even go on that. You know, you know, like if you're Hamas and you're like, oh, white people are Christians. No, you might have you not been watching the news in the United States. Right. And there's also black people that are Jews. Yeah, and there's also uh, you know I don't know like so many white people that are over Black Lives Matter chapters <laughs> or. <laughs> Or protest. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the heck? Yeah, which is, you know, it's not that Black Lives Matter doesn't matter, which is we've already talked about that. But when you have, you know, when you go to these Black Lives Matter protests, which we don't go to, but I mean, I'm saying if you have anyone there with a camera. Why in the world would you ever want a leader that is white? Or well, it's not a, even a leader. It's, it's just you go to these protests and you oh, see yeah, these. Yeah, yeah. But it's both. They have the leaders that are white. But when you're going to the protest. It's white people standing up for black people. That makes me so mad. Well, it's not even the white people standing up for black people, babe. That's not what it's about. This is this is uh, purple and green-haired colored, a lot of times um, Antifa-type, um, you know, anti-fascist, That's Marxist. That's what I'm saying. Well, because the way you said that, people might take that the wrong way. Um, white people stand up for black people. That's not what they're doing. They're they're trying to make black people to be slaves again and to make them believe that they're not good enough and that the government's after them and white people's after them, and they're lying to that community. That's why they are doing this. That's why they're out there in these protests on a constant, 
you know what, well, not as much anymore. Now you got pro-Palestinian protests. Now you got pretty much pro-Hamas protests. It's whatever will turn people against each other. That's mm-hmm. what it is, essentially. Um, so you didn't mean, by the way, that white people shouldn't be out there standing up for black no, people. No, I'm just saying black people don't want white people preaching to or the choir or speaking on their behalf because they're not black. Mm-hmm. Black people want to stand up and speak for themselves. Yeah. They do and, not and, like white people standing up for them like that. Or speaking for them because yeah. you know you know you know the last time that happened that was slave days. And by the way, they're doing it again. The white people are still speaking for the black community in in so many ways. And it's just like damn it's just like slave 2.0, but, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people just don't understand that, right? I mean, whatever. Um, let's get into this clip. I want you guys to hear Alex Jones and what he has to say about this divide-and-conquer strategy as part of the New World Order plan to collapse civilization by using radical Islamists to invade the Western world. Here you go. The current group in control of Israel thought they could have a stand-down and get all this sympathy and get all this power and control, and then use their population as guinea pigs, as Netanyahu said. And now it's blown up in their face. And the left is boiled out of the universities and everywhere else like bees out of a beehive. And the, quote, Pentagon's holding Israel back from going in and smashing and leveling Gaza because they aren't quite ready yet to activate the Muslim mobs. And the fact that they're activating early could make the West shut down its borders and start deporting the jihadis. So the timetable's not where they want it right now, and that's why this is happening. But remember, the ADL wants to bring in unlimited Islamicists, and the ADL literally teaches your children, if you're white, that you're bad because you're white. Doesn't get more Hitler than that. It's just the reverse of that. So how Israel's losing... So I want to point this out. I'm interrupting your regularly scheduled programming. No, I'm kidding. So he makes some good points here, and I want to break these down. Um, recently, in the news, as of today, October 23rd, 2023, and yesterday, 2020, or sorry, the October 22nd and 21, we have started hearing reports that the Biden administration, along with the government of the United States, has been discouraging Israel from going in on a ground war, supposedly because of American hostages. I don't necessarily believe that. I do believe what Alex Jones is kind of saying here as far as that, and even based on sources that I have spoken with, that these or these terrorist cells inside of the United States is going to be the next major thing. What we saw happen in Israel is more than likely going to happen in the United States, and it's probably definitely going to be before 2024, and it's going to be probably worse than what you saw in Israel, with the exception of it's going to be a war. It's going to be a war in a lot of ways because people, the Americans that are armed, are not going to put up with this shit. But where do you think these Hamas members are going to go? They're going to go to soft targets, the same places that these white, crazy 17-year-olds are hopped up on SSRIs and you name it, go as an easy target to kill kids in places like that. This is where Hamas members, because by the way, they don't give a damn about their life here. They care about the next life. They just want to die, but they also want to do jihad. They want to die in honor of their jihad. Yeah. And I was getting ready to say that because today, maybe I'm just dumb. I don't know. But I had no idea 
about the amount of people that are here. But that's yeah. What, but whatever number you told me earlier was not even close to the amount. But well, yeah. I don't know that are with that's Hamas much, yeah. or whatever. There's a lot. It's a lot of people that are already in America. And there's like these brotherhood things going on in America that are brotherhood with Hamas. Yeah. In, well, and, in our country. Yeah. And it's not just Hamas, right? I mean, and, and this is what I, I meant to point out earlier when we were talking about Hamas and then mm-hmm. the reporters that saw the footage, 45 minutes of the gruesome and barbaric and horrific things that they were doing in this sit down thing. They had reporters were able to see these videos that Israel presented to them today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like 20 reporters. And, um, some of these reporters came out and said, this is ISIS on steroids. Right. But you think about Hamas, it is a big terrorist organization. It is, it is a partial ruler of Palestine or of Gaza. And then you think about Hezbollah, which is Israel has been um, desperately telling Hezbollah, if you get involved in this, which mostly resides in Lebanon, mm-hmm. which is heavily and 100% pretty much funded by Iran— which is who the United States gives billions of dollars to is Iran, which then goes and funds Hezbollah, which is what we've seen with ISIS before. But ISIS has, or I mean, sorry, Israel has said, if Hezbollah gets in this, you are going to be hit so hard that you don't ever know what's coming. Now, the problem with this is that now the United States is saying, oh, no, no, hold off on the ground invasion, hold off on the ground invasion, hold off on the ground invasion. And then really the reality of this is all it's really doing is hurting Israel. To defend themselves, it it is letting uh, Hamas um, better organize. It is letting Hamas readjust based on things they're seeing on the news and things they're talking about and what the media is saying. It's given them the upper hand in a lot of ways. Now, when we talk about Hamas members in the United States, well, that's one thing. Hezbollah is a much larger yeah, organization. Right. And it, I like mean, we're you talking said, about Le- Lebanon. We're talking about ISIS, Hamas, and probably three or five other terrorist organizations all in one. Hezbollah is huge. Mm-hmm. They have rockets. They have, uh, I think they said, if I'm not mistaken, Lebanon probably had 150,000 rockets. 50% of those were um, were strategically guided or um, precision guided weapons. Um, not only that, you have you know brutal uh, brutality, and so we also know we have Hezbollah terrorists. Sorry, Hezbollah terrorists in the United States as well, besides right. Hamas. And that's so scary. And these are just waiting to activate. Here. And how did they get here? Were they here before the border was open? Well, I think I think the border has drastically allowed them to get in on a faster pace. I think a lot of them, or probably some of the uh, senior leaders, were probably here before to kind of organize everything. And so, guys, what we're talking about here is, um, and, and and really, in reality, this should be a podcast all in itself to where we really talk about this, and yeah, maybe it will be in the future. Absolutely, but, but this is what's happening. But I think if you if you think about nine eleven, where there were a certain amount, and, and someone commented about this, and they said, "Oh yeah, you you say there was only twelve people involved in nine 11 That's not what I was saying. I was saying out of the attackers, look, we know there's a massive um, mm-hmm. spider web behind the nine eleven thing. We get that, but there were a certain number of attackers. That was my point. The reality of this is, is that Hezbollah and Hamas, you're going to see uh, attackers go from 9-11 uh, type numbers, which is 12 to 16, I think, whatever it was, to attackers being in the potentially, we don't know. I mean, it could be thirty to 50,000 of them in the United States or more, right? It could be 100,000. We don't know. And there's speculation to say this. That's what I just this. told you. And you said that my numbers were not correct. No, you said something I'm not even going to say on here. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> and I, that's why I automatically, I was like, that's definitely not the number. But 
Um, let's finish what he has to say. The propaganda war to Hamas, zero hedge. Excellent article. Absolutely true. But whether you're a Muslim or a Christian or a Hindu or a Jew or a Buddhist or a Zoroastrian, they're rolling out the global cashless society, the social credit scores, the ESGs, the universal basic incomes, the poison shots, the UN worldwide medical tyranny. Humanity needs to organize around the idea of the Bill of Rights and Constitution, 1776 worldwide, and around the Renaissance, and around building a pro-human world, and around space exploration, and around nuclear families and strength. We need to do it, and we need to do it now. And we need to reject this divide-and-conquer stratagem of all the groups and organizations that are pushing it. But at the same time, when leftists are in charge of our Western countries and are bringing in unlimited groups of people to brainwash them and turn them against us, we have to triage that and shut that down until we've taken control of our countries again and stabilized it and then bring the best into our countries to then raise them up so they can go back and lift up their own countries. So there you go. So there's a little bit of what he had to say. Now, I, I want to point out something. I've, I've been obviously researching and trying my best to understand the Bible from the very beginning. Uh, I've said this on many other episodes, and um, and I think this is the perfect time to bring this up. And it literally, what Alex Jones just said, reminded me of a verse, actually, a, a, really a, an entire section of the Bible. I think it was Exodus, um, you know, in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm where it talks about, you know, as the Israelites were made slaves in Egypt, which is what they were, they were made to go there and, and, and make bricks for the Egyptians uh, once they were basically enslaved into Egypt. And this all started because Joseph, um, one of the sons of all of the uh, sons of Abraham, um, Joseph, and I, I hope I'm not getting the freaking name wrong, wrong, because there's Jacob and Joseph and all these freaking J names. But anyways, I think it's Joseph. And it could be Jacob, so don't kill me if I if I'm mispronouncing this. Abraham and 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 all the sons. There was I think thirteen of them, and uh, and Joseph, which was um, one of Abraham's most loved sons, because it was it was the pure son. It was yeah, he's the guy that had the coat of many colors. Yeah, yeah, and um, Joseph was. I guess he got cocky and arrogant, and it almost seems like in the Bible it talked about because Abraham had him on such a high accord, mm-hmm. um, and he had twelve or thirteen other brothers. The other brothers were not were not buying this dude's shit, right? I mean, and I'm sorry I'm explaining the Bible in this way, but um, <laughs> so one day I guess Joseph, God, I hope I'm saying the names right, but anyways, Joseph one day came and basically said one day. The sun and the moon and the stars will bow before me. This is how cocky he got. And part of this was because Abraham's love, his his one love was this this woman. And uh, Joseph was one of the ones that came from uh, Abraham. And he only had two actual real sons. God, I hope I'm getting this right. Anyways, so Joseph went out and... Uh, and well, actually, all the sons went out, and they were going to go sixty miles or somewhere like that to look for sheep or whatever. And so um, Abraham tells Joseph, "You need to go check on." I don't them. think it's Joseph. Maybe it's Jacob. 
whatever. It's one of them. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm giving a good example it's a here. Story of yes. that person. Yeah. So they went out to check on on them, and um, and he he went all this way to check, and all of these brothers of his, instead of saying you know, hey, welcome, brother, or whatever, they all hated him because they thought that he was the chosen one. Mm-hmm. They thought that he was better than them. And so what they do, well, they 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 cast him into a cistern, which a cistern back then was uh, was made to store water. So it was usually in the ground, and it was pretty deep, obviously, and they threw him in the cistern. And all of, these, all of his brothers were going to kill him until some guy, uh, some Egyptian, come along the road and said, you know what, instead of killing him, and one of the brothers, by the way, the other um, pure brother was the one that was trying to convince the other brothers not to kill him. And so one of the Egyptians came along and said, I want to buy him um, to send him back to Egypt. And the brothers instead sold him only because the other pure brother um, came along, and or not came along, but he tried to convince them not to kill him, let them, let this guy buy him. So then he went off to Egypt where he became basically like under the king. And uh, so long story short, this is kind of how the Israelites kind of went and and got into Egypt. And then they were kicked out of Egypt because they all became slaves under a new ruler. And then so once God told Moses eventually to go back to Israel, because Moses, I mean, I'm, I'm skipping stories, but Moses came to Egypt and then Moses was leaving Egypt. He was going east to basically Saudi Arabia, God spoke to him and said, you got to go back and get the Israelites, the Israels, the Israelis. You got to go back and get the Jews, and you got to go and take them to the promised land, the land I'm going to give them. And Moses was like, I don't want to do that. Absolutely do not want to do that because they hate me. I'm trying to get the hell out of there. (laughs) And you guys, and you're telling me to go back here. And then Moses is like, I'm giving you, I'm about to give you all these examples of why I am not going back there. So every excuse he's made God said, well, this is why, you know, God had an answer. So Moses went back, long story short, he eventually commands all of these people because of God's fee- or famines, or not famines, but diseases and plagues that he put on Egypt because in that time, and I don't know if it's still the way, but in that time, Egypt, like Pharaoh, for example, which was a king, the kings were actually the gods, um, in mm-hmm, Egypt. Mm-hmm. And God wanted to prove to the kings that you're not the real gods. I am the real God. And so he had all of these different plagues and all these different things that affected them until eventually the kings in Egypt came and begged Moses to take the Israel Israelites out of their country and get them the hell out of there. Just get them out because he eventually knew that obviously God felt like was... there were spells on them. Yeah, they were. And, and Moses told him. Moses told him when he first came back, right? So as he was going... Um, as he was going back, right, and, and he finally eventually, this is a, a lot longer story, but once they eventually get to Israel, which Israel back in this time, which was the promised land, God told the Israelites, you're going to get all this land from but the Euphrates promise, to the ocean. Yeah, but this promised land is desert. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. It has well, no vegetation, no nothing. Nobody could survive in this land. Yeah. But once they get back to the land, right, um, there were essentially Egyptians and, and other people uh, that was kind of northeast of Israel, not Israelites. They were Islamists or, or, or um, I guess, Muslims at the time. And they believed in that system. And God said to the Israelites, get them out of your country. Like, I don't care what it takes. This is not their land. This is what I'm promising you. And you have to get them the hell out of this country. Right? And God probably didn't say that. But exactly. I, I added hell. But his his point was, I command you, do not make peace accords with these people. Do not do any of those things. You are to get them out of your country. Period. And, you know, there were... Two million plus Israelites, they, they say. Now, there's been you know speculation as far mm-hmm. as actual numbers. Were the numbers correct in our terms, or was it right, less than that? Right, there, right. There's been a lot of that. But at the very least, it was a lot of people that um, Moses basically brought back to Israel, or what it, what is now Israel. And, and that's it, when he split the sea, and they walked across the sea, and the well, Egyptians when, were trying to kill them and all that stuff. Yeah, that's when they were going to Israel, right. trying to make their way. Because right. they could have easily made a way along the Mediterranean Sea, mm-hmm. but they knew that Egypt already had... And, and the reason why they were trying to make a, a roundabout way is because... Uh, the Egyptian kings um, basically said, I changed my mind. I'm not letting these slaves go. And so they set up these basically checkpoints along the Mediterranean Mm -hmm. Sea. So God told them to go the other way. And he basically provided for them all along the way. But I guess my point to this story is, is that once they got to Israel, um, you know, God commanded them, you do not paint peace accords. You do not do anything. This is your land. What they believe in has nothing to do with the true and holy way of believing in your God. And so you have to get them out. There's nothing you're going to do to change them, period. And you have to cast them out of your land, and I will help you. But instead, he, uh, the Israel Israelites pissed off God because um, Moses and, and other tribal members of the 12 tribes, I guess, as they called the, the Israelis, um, they started making peace accords with some of these people. And God was like, what are you doing? Right? Like, I did not mm-hmm. tell you to make peace with these people. Not, do not make peace treaties. This is never going to work. And if you make peace with these people, eventually they will destroy you. And so he, he literally told him this. So my point to this is, and, and there's many reasons why God said this to, to the Israelites, because the Israelites, according to God and according to Israel and according to the people that were devoted in God and, and his word, was that um, this is the one and the only way, right? I mean, there is no other way. And so so for those people that don't believe anything in the Bible, then you can say, well, that's just BS. He's racist. You could say God's racist, right? Or you could say God's whatever. But God's God, right? If God did create humanity, and then also for whatever reason kind of came to this conjuncture of I'm giving you this land, 
and you are to only have this land, and you are not to make peace accords or deals or anything else with any anybody outside. And a lot of this reason was because of the people that they were essentially making deals with in 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 some way, where the people that made them slaves, people that did not believe in God, they believed that they were gods, their kings were gods, not the God of, of the holy God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it it all ties back to not not only what's happening in Israel and Palestine today, right? To where you have this conflicted and heated battle between land. And the reality is, is that Israel today versus what Israel was in the Bible is like massively smaller. Israel back in the biblical days was um was pretty much it, it encompassed Syria, Jordan, um parts of uh uh, south of there, um, even parts of Egypt, all of Israel, it was a much larger landmass than it is now. And so when Israel is now fighting, right, you, you have Palestinians coming in, which are ruthless, um, not all Palestinians, but Hamas. But also you have to also, you know, let, let's just be real for a second. A lot of Palestinians believe they want to kill all Jews. I mean, there, there's no question about that. They want to kill Israelites. They want to kill Christians. There are Christians in Palestine. I think they said there's about 48,000 of them. It makes up maybe 5 or 6% of all the, the population in Palestine, in, in Gaza, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of them are Muslim. And there's always been, since the very beginning of biblical days, 1500 to 1600 BC, there has been battles between the Muslims and Christians, regardless. And in this particular case, it was Jews but it, it eventually works its way into Christianity. It, it's always been that way. That's why ISIS used to burn Christians inside of Afghanistan. So I think what you're saying, too, Listen, that's why but, Christians, like, always side with Jews. Well, yeah, I the, the, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it is. But, I mean, because there's so much connection there. But mm-hmm. the reality of this is, is that when we talk about the border and Hamas and all these people that are now protesting inside of the United States, you have— and there was someone that commented on our Facebook, and and by the way, I, I'm sure you're probably a listener of ours, but when you comment and say something like, "Oh, you're just perpetuating," um, you know that that there's this massive uprising of pro Hamas people in this country. Oh my God, there have is. you seen the TV? Yeah, but what they're trying <laughs> to act like is the fact that we're watching a TV and 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 believe in this. No, this is believable. I mean, when, this is there, at major universities. There are, but it's not even that. There are independent journalists that are getting live shots of thousands and thousands of people. Not just in the United States; they're in they're in Australia, yeah. they're in UK, oh, yeah. they're in all these places. It is a it is a uprising of Islamists of Muslim. Yeah, and 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 not only are you having an uprising, it's not the re, the reality of this is this is not about an uprising of pro Palestine. We want to protect Palestinian civilians. This is really, in my opinion, more of a support of Hamas killing Israelis yes. and Jews. Absolutely. Now, are and some of those people that are— that's what makes me freaking sick. Yeah. So so my point to this is, is that when, when we go back to biblical days, whatever you believe about the Bible, and this is why I am studying hardcore the Bible right now, because I think that the history and the Bible, at the very least, whether you believe everything the Bible says— we at least have to look at the Bible for historical context, right? At the very least. Um, and there's so many things, as I'm reading this, that are so connected to what's happening today. It makes complete sense. It is making more sense now than it ever has for me. And so when you say that we should let everyone in our country illegally not know who anyone is, we should just 
We should start speaking their language rather than English. We should start just forgetting our constitution and and allowing them to to dictate what happens in our country based on their religion. God already said in the very beginning to the Israelites, you do not let someone change what I'm telling you. You do not let someone change your religion or who you are or what you believe. And I'm telling you to cast them out of your land. And so many people want to act like today, oh, you know what? We got to be nice. We got to be loving to everybody. Well, you know what? I hate to say this. I mean, God is loving, but he's also very powerful. And he's well, and also you, someone that has a very strict yes. thing about oh, yeah. this is the way it is and this is the only way it is. And if you go back to the Bible, it's not. we have a loving God if you believe in God. Mm-hmm. He is a loving God, but it's not a loving situation that went on in the past. There's a lot of wars. There's a lot of devastation that went on. Mm-hmm. Because well, there is today. Yeah, and it's still going on today. But I think it's because, in my opinion, the reason why we have wars and all these things is because God gave people free will. Yeah. And once he gave people free will, that's when the conflict started. And even then, God tried to kind of guide people through the process. Now, listen, I don't know all the answers to the Bible. I'm just I'm just relaying based on what I've read only three basically three chapters of the first five books of the Bible. Um and I've read the Bible before, but I'm I'm reading it again and I'm trying to under, understand completely so that I can take at least what we talk about all the time and and try to put it into context today. And whether or not you agree with the Bible at all it doesn't matter. I'm I'm reading this as a historical book, right? And and, and is one of the greatest and most popular and most famous historical books in history, all of history. Mm-hmm. And it and has been cited by more people than almost any historical book in history. Um, so you don't have to believe in God or any of this stuff to at least value the Bible for historical context. And I think as what is going on today, as I'm reading the Bible, don't get me wrong, there's been things I've been I've, I've looked at and, and 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 I'm like, or I think to myself, I'm like, I don't even know how this is possible. This makes me almost not even want to believe. Um, and then, and then, and then as soon as I think that, then there's something else that's like, no, but this is why. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of it too, like we talked about the other night is the time thing, Mm -hmm. you know, three nights, 40 nights, 40, you know, and like I was telling you the other night when I sat down and talked to my dad about it, my dad was a Jew and you know, I, I wasn't really anything, but he said, Sherry, Sometimes you got to look at the Bible in a fact that, you know, one night might be a hundred years or a thousand years or whatever. Like sometimes, you know, because man created time. We created time. We we created the calendar. Yeah. Right. Well, there's even times when they were traveling to Israel from Egypt and it talked about 40 years or something. Yeah. It took them. And, and I'm like, people live for 350 40 years, years or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think that the time and the concept of time is well. It is. It is weird, and it's buried. different. And it's different in different times, right? But one one thing I've thought about the Bible too is like Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But there are more contextual things that almost say that people live longer, regardless of. Yeah, of, we talked about that last night. Of whatever. Yeah. I, I do think that people live longer back then. And, well, and is turtles, that because of. There's turtles that live for 250 years. Yeah, or whatever. But I'm just <laughs> saying people used to live longer. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. And so even even in those contexts, right, when when uh, that's another reason I want to know the Bible is because if if I come to the consensus based on a lot of the things I'm reading, I'm, and, and by the way, I'm reading multiple scholars' opinions on all these mm-hmm. things. I'm even reading scientists' opinions that try to that try to basically debunk what the Bible says. I'm reading both sides. And... The age thing, what I have found, is that they lived far longer than we ever have in this civilization. Even because they they said some people live thousands of years. Right. And And I'm just still not understanding that when you when you look back into our history, you know, people were shorter. They were they were thinner. They were smaller and they didn't live past like 20 or 30. Supposedly. Supposedly, but maybe you're talking about like the 1800s or the 1700s, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. But we're talking about BC this is before real, Christ. But we're saying this is real, like history that yeah. we can go back to and say, oh yeah, you know, men weren't higher. You know, they weren't taller than five four. Yeah, but there, they there weighed was, 120 pounds. There was a massive shift, and and this even this this is where like even the conspiracy comes into the Bible, right? If in the BC days, right, and if in the days of uh, Abraham and Joseph and Isaac and Ishmael and and the Israelites moving to Israel and all these times, mm-hmm. and and then and then you start thinking about the more there's more consensus for the fact that people lived longer than than there is for the fact that the numbers were completely off whack. But where's um, where's the facts to that? But it's because of the overall terminology over the course of many books and many accounts is why most people believe as they came into um, better understanding of numbers and how 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 they kind of depicted things, it seemed like they lived longer because there were contextual things to say this. Even even um, for example, uh, uh, Sarah. Yeah, she was ninety two when she had a kid. Ninety two and and. She even said something to God. She said, I am far beyond my childbearing days, far beyond, okay? And so when is a woman far beyond their childbearing days? So most women, not all, I mean, you see celebrities now, um, you know, 50 years old, Mm -hmm. they can have a baby, right, Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I would think something around far beyond would be like 90, I mean, like, if God came down and told a 90-year-old, hey, you're going to have a kid, and they would laugh at God. Well, most people are dead at 90. (laughs) I know, but they would laugh at God, as did Sarah, which was, you know, I mean, and Sarah was like, "Uh, there's no way. There's no way I'm having a baby. And then within a year, she had a baby, which was Abraham's um, first kid. And that's why I go back. Yeah, and it could be like that, but I go back to, like, my talks with my dad, too, like, we're the only ones that we've made time the way time is. We've made the calendars. We based the calendars on the sun and the moon and whatever. And I think a lot of times they kind of did as well. I, I think I think that I think part of the problem is you know even back in ancient Egyptian days, right? Um, when we think back on that, like you know all the pyramids and all the ways mm-hmm. that they actually had time, right? You know, because that was all time. It was all astronomical, yeah. And and they they used the sun, they used all this thing, right? And actually, a lot of a lot of experts 
quote-unquote experts, the people that believe that we actually got our time from them, not vice versa. We got, like obviously, obviously we got they didn't our, get our time, time for them. We got who? our time concept from our, our, our ancient ancestors of how they told time based on Egypt the sun. or the Bible. Well, they're, they're one and the same because Egypt was a major part of the Bible, even in Abraham's days, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so we don't know. But all we do know is that, yes, there are things about that. But my only point to this was is that when people say that, oh, we should just let anyone in, no matter what they believe, no matter what they do, well, God said something very different to the, to the Jews. The Israelites. Yeah, 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 to the Israelites and the Jews in Israel once, it, once they finally got to the land because God knew that these people do not care anything about your religion or your God, right. and they're going to do everything they can to make you slaves again. And if not make you slaves, they're going to kill you. They're going to destroy everything that we have, we have taken you from Egypt all the way across here through Mount Sinai. I have provided for you. I've and done everything y- right. to get you to this yeah. land. And I split a sea for you to go across yeah. and killed all the Egyptians that were going after you. Yeah, that whole sea thing. I know that whole story, too. It's so weird because, like, once you really read things, at least you can kind of talk about it in the contextual format. Guys, I had thought about it, and I want to I want to mention this um, because this is something that we're probably not going to talk about a ton on this podcast as we have lately. Although I think a lot of the biblical things, there's so many, there's been more of you reach out about biblical uh, prophecies and all that stuff to but us you than have anything. To, you have to go there with yeah. what's going on in the world today. But I think we are going to start a podcast and and we're gonna we're gonna talk that that podcast. And look, it's not going to be a preaching podcast where I'm a preacher and I know everything because I don't. Um, but I do want to start a podcast to where it is like the new version of like what a Christian or not even a Christian, just a version of a podcast where people want to understand. At the very least, they, they just want to understand. I'm trying to understand. And I think a lot of me, I've been, I've been, something's tugging on me lately. It's like, we should do that together. Anybody that's willing or wants to listen to that episode, um, let me know. Uh, or not episode, but that podcast, because it'll be a very lengthy podcast. We will go over everything. And then at the end, we will all come together and figure out what we believe. Because it's, and, and, and not everyone's going to believe in the same thing. Exactly. Even going through the stuff together, Absolutely. we're all going to have different opinions. But we're going to make it as entertaining as possible. Um, I think that you know what I what I'm kind of reading and, and understanding now. I think we can really give a historical context to it. But I also want to compare what we like the whole Bible. I want to compare to what's happening or how we can contextually understand it based on today. Um, at least from my opinion, and I want you guys' opinions, but we are going to start a podcast on that. There's someone has been telling me to do that. I'm not doing it as a preacher or a pastor or someone that is a, like the best Christian or I'm trying to bring you to God or none of that. I'm just saying that I want to do this, and I want you guys to do it with me because there's been so many of you that have reached out and said, you know, hey, I'm on the fence on this. I'm on the fence on that. And look, for parts of that, I want to bring Rashid on. I want to bring your brother back on. I want to bring, um, you know, Bree on. I want to bring, uh, you know, you'll be, obviously be there um, and and to talk about this as well. But I, I want to do all those things, and I want us to have a conversation. And I want us uh, in 2023 as a community, for those that are interested, right, um, I want us to be able to go through it together, and I think that's important. And I want us to talk about it and understand it together. This is not a Bible study. This is not going to Sunday church. It's not none of that stuff. And we're going to compare it to today and conspiracies and all this stuff. I think it'll be really entertaining. And that's oh, yeah, all I'm and, say. and I'm just going to say, too, Chad's already read, like, what, 52 pages or whatever? Yeah. 
And he, he was already like, okay, when they're talking about this angelic thing going on in the sky, mm-hmm. could that be UFOs? Well, because like, even the way it says different it. perspectives into like the Bible that normally people don't talk about. Well, even the way they say it, I mean, it, it literally says a being. And, and, and they don't say that some of these things were 100% God. They say, well, they figured it's God. They figure because they don't know what else could possibly do this. Um, and so those are the things I want to talk about. Now, could all of these things be God? Absolutely. Um, but I, I think I think that we have to do a podcast on this. And and if, if I'm passionate about anything other than what we do today and what we do on a daily basis, I think I do need to separate them a little bit. And we'll yeah, obviously talk I a agree. little bit here and there. We'll talk a little bit here and there about, you know, some of the things on that, but we got to separate them. I I want, I want a podcast to where if you guys want to know about that and we're going to learn together and be entertained and, and whatever, and, and figure it out together, we need somewhere else for you guys to go. And by the way, I want to bring Nathan on too. Sorry. Nathan, I'm sorry. I I forgot you (laughs) because me and Nathan talk so much about the Bible and and stuff. What we're talking about is we're talking about people from all different religions to come together to figure this thing out together. And I'll even bring our Muslim friends on. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because, you know, it's, we're all, we'll even do that. Yeah, of course we're going to do that. Well, I know because, but right now in like the, in the, in the, you know, we the way have, the world is. We got to have point of view like all around. Yeah, absolutely. If we really want to figure out this thing. We do. You're right. Um, so next topic. And uh, so Musk has sounded the alarm that we are sleepwalking in the World War III. Um, during a recent X Spaces discussion with GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, and others, Elon Musk, Elon Musk suggested the world is sleepwalking in the World War III. Musk said, I think we are sleepwalking our way into World War III with one foolish decision after another. And people should be deeply self-reflective if their predictions have not come true. They should consider whether perhaps their other predictions may not come true either. I mean, what is the track record here? It's not good, is what Elon's saying. So he's saying that, guys... Look back just on the past three or four years, and everything that we knew or thought was going to come true has. And so let's think about this for a second. Look at what is going on in the world. Look at Russia, Ukraine. Look at what we've already been talking about with the potential of World War III there. But I actually think that the Israel-Palestine conflict and now the Iran start getting involved and Syria and Jordan and basically the entire Middle East, I think they see this with the United States has a weak leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are already involved in a proxy war with Ukraine and sending so much money there. I feel like the Middle East now believes this is their time to strike. This oh, is yeah. their time. This is the best time. This for is them the to time, it. and it's about to happen. Elon Musk is saying that if your predictions previous to this, and you basically got all those right, which I think we have, you guys as a community, we all have together. So when we're saying that this this war is coming, it is. I want I want us to all understand this. We're not sending naval battleships and carriers, twelve thousand plus troops, and this and that. We are on the on the cusp of World War Three. Like, and it was so weird because we talked so much about this, and we thought exactly. it was exactly we thought we it was going to come from Ukraine, yeah. Russia. And now this is a whole new like thing going on. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to what I've always said: when you have a weak leadership from a a prominent, like, prominent world country, world leader, and you have weak leadership. Sorry, guys. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, and I think that's where we're at, right? So, guys, 
understand that everything we've talked about the past five years, but in, in particular since the Russia-Ukraine uh, situation happened, we talked about this, right? We even had a podcast where we talked about Tucker Carlson predicts hot war with Russia mm-hmm. before 2024. I think Tucker Carlson was a little off. He didn't see the Israel thing coming. We didn't either. We've talked about a war with Russia um, before Tucker Carlson ever said this. We used Tucker Carlson's name as like a you know, thing to really push that that message that we were also trying to say. But we didn't even see an Israel conflict or war that happened. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are asking, how much is the USA involved in this one? And how much is the military industrial complex involved? And why is the Biden administration trying to hold up Israel from invading Israel? I mean, invading Palestine or Gaza. Um, there's a lot of reasons, uh, you know, partly... Alex Jones just kind of said some of that. You know, they they want to kind of set everything off at once, potentially. Alex Jones is maybe saying that, you know, these these Hezbollah groups or Hamas groups inside the United States are getting ready to activate um, about the same time that this war in Israel and the Middle East are gonna be, is going to be going on. And so if you have this activation of an uh, Islamic terrorist state uh, extremist, Radical, radicalized groups within America, within America. And then you have this war with all of our soldiers over there. It's like a conundrum of things. So, um, you know, if you have some extra money or you have whatever, you can go buy more guns. That's what I that's what I'm thinking of all the time. I'm buying, you know, I want to buy guns. Uh, where, where, where do I want to go on my Saturday? Well, I want to go down to a gun store and look at guns like I tell Sherry this every Saturday. Let's go look at guns. Let's go check some stuff out. Um, because I think that is, I think it is, I think it's something that we have to understand. I want to play this uh, click, or quick clip of what Elon had to say about this. Hopefully it plays. I, I think we are sleepwalking our way into World War Three. Sleepwalking our way into World War III with, with one foolish decision after another, uh, as, you, as you outlined, David. Um, and... <clears throat> And really, people should be deeply self-reflective. If they, if their predictions have not come true, they should consider whether perhaps their other predictions might not come true either. I mean, what is the track record here? It's not good. You know, it's funny in in the investing world. You know, in the all right. So that was basically what Elon had to say. What we just talked mm-hmm. about earlier, but um, this is scary, right? I mean, and. And this is something Tucker Carlson had to say recently about looks like we're actually going to war with Iran. Are we ready for this? This is what Tucker had to say. Check this out. We seem to be heading to war with Iran. Certainly the Biden administration is pushing us in that direction. What's new and interesting and ominous is that very few Republicans, the opposition party, are pushing back. Instead, some of the party's leaders are encouraging it. Here, for example, is Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina from last weekend on NBC. You said this week that the only way to keep the war from escalating is to hold Iran accountable, part of what you're talking about now, and that it might mean bombing their oil refineries. Have you had any discussions with the Biden administration about this? A a bit. Here's my message. If Hezbollah, which is a proxy of Iran, launches a massive attack on Israel, I will consider that a threat to um, to, to the state of Israel existential in nature. I will introduce a resolution in the United States Senate to allow military action by the United States in conjunction with Israel to knock Iran out of the oil business. Iran, if you escalate this war, we're coming for you. 
Are you effectively poised to declare war on Iran? That's very strong language. I, I am poised to use military force to destroy the source of funding for Hamas and Hezbollah. No, that's Lindsey Graham. Few others in the Republican Party will be that open about their intentions, but very few disagree with him. Certainly not in private. They agree. So what would war with Iran mean? Well, it's hard to know because virtually no one who's talking about it in public is operating from a deep interest in America's interest. Is this good for us or is it not? Former Colonel Douglas McGregor is the CEO of Our Country, Our Choice, and one of the first people we turn to for analysis of events like this because he is interested in what happens to the United States. He joins us now. Doug, thank you uh, for coming on. Do you think that we are moving toward war with Iran? Yes, I do. And uh, it looks like the chosen destination is indeed Armageddon. There doesn't seem to be any real appreciation for the implications for us and, and frankly, for Europe and the world, as well as the Middle East, of such action. You know, take for an example, just on the economic side, about 20% uh, of the world's oil passes through the Straits of Hormuz every month, uh, probably 25% of liquefied natural gas. And you're talking about shutting down two to three million barrels uh, a day of oil from Iran. Uh, you know, this entire region is involved in the war. This is not an Iranian monopoly by any stretch of the imagination. But the point is that when we're looking at 10-year Treasury yields up over 5 percent, and people are increasingly convinced that the Fed has lost control, the economic side of the House is catastrophe. Then when you look at the military side, you have to look at the arsenal of missiles that Iran possesses. And they can reach out 1,200 miles with great precision, very uh, high explosive conventional warheads that would do enormous damage, destroying whole city blocks in places like Haifa, Tel Aviv, even Jerusalem, though I doubt they would attack Jerusalem. The, the bottom line is that we need to think this through, and everyone right now is emoting. There is no thinking anywhere, as far as I can tell. The only possible exception Maybe, amazingly enough, Mr. Erdogan in Turkey, who came out this morning and indicated he was willing to mediate uh, the dispute between Israel and Hamas. Whether or not anyone in Washington or Israel is interested in talking, I don't know. But if we could sideline Turkey and keep Turkey out of the fight, that would ultimately help Israel enormously. So what would happen to the United States? All right, so I just wanted to kind of play that because there's a lot to be said about right, this. Right, and we got to remember Israel is surrounded by people that And they always them. have been. Yeah. Like since biblical since days. The, yeah. They always have been. And you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to start really understanding the historical context of the Bible is to figure out how long has this been going on and what has been the um, result of a lot of these things, right? And the result actually has been the destruction of Israel many times over. Uh, they have been destructed. They have, um, and then they have fought back and can you know come back. But you know, in the Bible, it does say there will be a a one a a end all war to where everything will be destroyed. Armageddon, as this gentleman says here on Tucker Carlson, where are we headed if we get into a war with Iran? The possibilities of that it could be an Armageddon, which means it is the end of the world. That would lead to a World War III scenario to where we have nuclear missiles firing from everywhere. 
we don't exactly know if Iran has nuclear missiles or not. We know they have the technology, and they we, they know we know mm-hmm. that they have been working on this for a very long time. We've been giving them billions of dollars right. um, to <laughs> to basically strengthen their nuclear silo and their nuclear um, advancements. And yet, when we have situations like Obama sending cash money over to to Iran, and you have uh, the Biden administration recently given six billion dollars, which they I don't know if you guys have recognized this, that that story of where the money went just completely disappeared is because as Sherry and I both have talked about this, they have the money. They did not release hostages in Iran without money in their hand. Exactly. So, yeah. so that so that whole reality of like, oh, did we can't freeze the money that we already gave to them? Yeah. Um, so where are we headed with this? Well, I mean, as uh, look, what I will say is. I have always been critical of Lindsey Graham. I don't like Lindsey Graham. In in 99.9% of cases, I do not. What I will say in this particular situation is no, I do not think we just we should just go and bomb Iran's oil fields. Number one, that completely disrupts um, you know, our oil supply, it, it which, you know, if you look at the United States and all of the the crazy well, we movement, we could have been Self-sufficient. But we don't want that. See, <laughs> we, we want to destroy the people's power for fuel and sustainability. We want to control all of that, right? So, for example, if we ever get to the point where we, we, where we dominate the world's fuel supply, well, the United States would just open our own fuel supply back up, but they would only use it for themselves, mm-hmm. and they would starve the people of right. their ability to be able to live based on their own means, right? And this is this is... Potentially what could be the outcome of a bombing of Iran and and massive oil refineries where they have millions of barrels of oil Mm -hmm. that are being produced for the world on on an everyday basis. So that could lead to that. But the reality of this is is that one thing I do agree with Lindsey Graham on is you cannot let Hezbollah and the the military-funded and backed Iran destroy Israel and destroy everything that Israel is in that whole region. And then, then, you know, because you just can't, right? I mean— well, Regardless of whether do, you're a Jew then, or not. Well, if you do, you let them go for Israel, and this is a like big country. They're coming for other countries. Yes. <laughs> to 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 your point, right? So say that Israel destroyed and dominated. They're, they kill all Jews inside of Israel. There's no difference, in my opinion, uh, with that. And um, and actually, probably it's worse than Hitler days, right? And mm-hmm. And we all look back on Hitler— and we think, oh my God, it is a, such an atrocity because it was, and it was, it was awful. It was evil. It was demonic. It was all the things that we've always thought of Hitler as being against the Jews. Right. Um, but if you let Hezbollah enter the war, you let Iran and you let all these things enter the war and destroy Israel, they worse. destroy all the civilians, right. all the people in Israel. Now, thankfully, a lot of the civilians have left Israel, but not all of them. Um, but if you destroy the nation state of Israel, you destroy the you destroy um, a large soul or the heart of Judaism. You also destroy a lot of uh, Christian, uh, and and just it's basically making a statement that that the Islamic extremist state is here to demolish and conquer, and this is what we're going to do. And guess where their next move will be, and and maybe even simultaneously, it is the Christian state of, or at least predominantly Christian based state nation of the United States and along with Canada and along with Australia, it, it's going to come. And there's a reason why we are seeing these massive, massive protests in all of these countries. And so when people say, Oh, there's no, you're, you're, you're perpetuating this. There's not big uh, protests. There are, 
I mean, I mean, there there are there are places around the world that are filled with, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of people with Palestinian and ISIS flags. Um, you know, and and we're seeing this across college campuses in the United States. We're seeing this across the United States in, in various big cities, and and it's even worse in in other parts of the world. But you can't let Israel be destroyed because once Israel is destroyed, that is Judaism. And if Judaism is destroyed, at the very least, the country, the the nation that God said that they have, then they're coming after you next, right? If you're a Christian state or you believe against whatever, or not against, but you just want to have your own religion, you want to be a Christian, you want to believe in your God, they're coming after you next. Because in reality of the situation is this is a religious war, regardless of whether you want to see it that yep. way or not. It always has been. It always will be. Yep. Yep. Um, right. And so that's what we're faced with. And that is literally the peril we are at. So if people want to talk shit about, you know, oh, my God, I can't believe he's talking about the Bible. He's talking about God, whatever. I don't care if you don't like that. Right. Um, the reality of, of what I'm doing as a realist, and this is something that I've done, you know, I think at the very least that you guys, any of you that ever want to talk crap about me talking about the Bible or God or whatever, you should at least give us enough respect that over five years we have done everything we could to bring the truth to light about every single subject, and most of that without involving God or the Bible. But at this point in time, I believe that you either believe in something or you believe in nothing. If you believe in nothing, that's fine. But just understand that that's what you believe in, right? And and when World War III comes and Hamas takes over or, or tries to take over at least or nuclear bombs are falling and all this shit's going on, well, then you're left with believing in nothing. And so your end of your existence, according to you, is when that nuclear fallout reaches you. That's the end of your existence, according to you, right? But I personally... Don't 100% believe everything that the Bible says, obviously, and all this stuff, but I want to understand whether or not that it is it is a possibility. I want to understand, right? I just want to know whether everything that I've always been taught, what other people have said. I mean, look, we have regions and countries that are, fought, that, that are fighting and dying over religion since the beginning of our time. This is not just recently. These, these mass groups of people have fought and died for their religion or their God or whatever the case is, it's been a battle for for all of eternity. And so when people say a religion was only invented because they wanted to keep people morally in line, really religion in a lot of ways has actually caused more wars and battles than it has Oh, yeah, peace. absolutely. <laughs> so I don't believe that either. Yeah, the Bible is not all good times. No. So I guess my ending message to this is that um, we're going to start a podcast, or and and and, and I want to go through this. I want to learn this as fast as possible, and I want us to get, I want us to discuss this. I want us to talk about it. I, I'm not going into this with the, with like the preacher standpoint of you must be saved to be whatever, <laughs> you must be baptized to go to heaven. I'm, I'm sorry, and for those like hardcore Christians that are listening now, I'm sorry. I'm just, I want to do this because I think that this is the right thing to do. I think we have to evaluate this just like we do everything else. And um and we'll see what we'll see what comes of it. But at the very least, like you can't I think there's so many people that go through life and know nothing about what they're talking about and they just go along with whatever. Um the only way you're gonna freaking know anything or at least be able to make an informed decision is to be informed. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna be informed. And at the end of that, if I'm like, you know what, that sounds freaking crazy to me. Right? Like I I 
I go with you guys. I, I go with you people that do not believe in God. Maybe you believe in a parallel planet. Maybe you believe in nothing. Maybe you believe in reincarnation. All those things are possible, maybe, right? But um, I'm just taking my stance on this, and I, I at least want to go through it. And um, and for those of you who don't want to follow me through that journey, want to be a part of that journey, I encourage you to do that. And we will obviously post um, links once we get that new podcast up. We will We will definitely have it here on our podcast at some point. We'll have it on our Facebook. Look us up, Investigators Podcast. We will have it on our Twitter account um, and our Instagram. We will post it ever once we get that podcast. But for those of you that are our followers and loved us and have stayed with us for five, four, three, two, one years, we're still going to keep up this podcast Absolutely. as yeah, well. 100%. Yeah, like if you're not this interested, main thing. if you're not interested in that, don't do it. Yeah, for sure. No, this is our main thing, right? Corruption and all this stuff is absolutely our main thing. Um, I guess, I guess it's just uh, I'm at a point in my life now to where I'm looking. You know, we always look for like what is the core web of all this stuff. Well, we're looking for the truth. Yeah, that's and, what we're looking for. And so I think I got to go as historical as possible in the books, right? And 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 I got to look and try to contrast and compare to what we're seeing, because I think that if you try to look for answers in today's age, no matter how deep you can get, you're not going to necessarily get the answers. And I hope that maybe some of those answers might come through historical context. And that whether it's the Bible, whether it's um, ancient civilizations, there's so many things. But I'm starting with this. And um, and for those that want to join us, please do. Um, and for those that don't, we don't hate you. We love you. And we're going to keep this podcast up just like we always do. But we're yeah, going to do. Yeah, because this is our passion. Yeah, and absolutely. this is our love. Yeah. So for sure, make sure um, we know that. Yeah, yeah, this is 100% always going to be our number one. So don't worry about that. But for those that do want to follow that other podcast, let us know and we'll definitely get the information. Uh, but I think that's going to be it, guys. I mean, we could talk about so much more. We could literally go on until, you know, the next hour. This is the problem when you talk about things. Right. And now I'm thinking like, damn, should I even should I should I title us just just hanging out or should I title it something to do with what we just talked about? I don't know. I gotta think about that. But that's gonna be it. And we're gonna start, or we're gonna close with this song. By the way, for those that did not know what this song is, it is Nothing Like Them by Love and Caliber. We've played Love and Caliber on this podcast so many times. They're a great group. Um, so go show them love wherever you can listen to them. And guys, until next time, we love you. Have an amazing day whenever you're listening to us. And uh, talk to you next time. Peace out. Peace out, guys. How could they say I was broken? How could they say you made me come undone? Now I know that it's okay. Unlike my friends, you are nothing like them. How could they say I was broken? How could they say you made me come undone? Now I know that it's okay. Unlike my friends, you are nothing like them Try to be cool Even wear that shirt you wanted to My friends think I'm lame Since I met you, I am not the same It was not meant to a fairy tale with a happy end Girl, you take care now I hope we can be friends
How could they say I was broken? 